Yo, is this thing on? Man, whatever. Walk with me. Welcome back to Walk with TFB. Tim Bryson here, and as you know, I am a black millennial who is eager to have unfiltered conversation with authentic people centered on education, sport, and culture. Today, we are walking with a self-identified educator, mentor, and doctoral student. A native of Maysville, South Carolina, a two-time graduate of the Coastal Carolina University, located in Conway, South Carolina. Spent several years working in student advocacy intervention and currently serves as the Assistant Director for Student Care and Outreach at Elon University. He is a proud member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, um, but he's also the lab that I will interview on this podcast until 2022. Now, but all jokes aside, uh, our guest is one of my I mean, someone who challenges me, challenges me to think differently, but also supports me to go further than I ever imagined. I'm very hyped to have this guy on the show today. So without further ado, y'all help me welcome Harry Titus to the Walk With TFB podcast. Harry, what's going on? It? Oh, it's been a long time. Appreciate it, Tim. What's up, man? It has been a while. We've been talking about this for a minute. I'm glad I'm here, man. I'm excited to walk with you, man. It's about, to be, it's about to be exciting. Listen, man, I told you I was going to get you on a while ago, bro. You've been someone who's supported from day one. Um, and honestly, just being reflective with you now. And I love talking to black men on this podcast, too. I feel like it's more therapeutic than anything else. But uh, you've been down from day one. I think seeing the growth and seeing, um, you know, where we as a community have come uh, to this point, uh, I think now is the perfect moment uh, for us to chop up about, you know, just being millennials, but also like where we are in our doctoral programs, uh, mm-hmm. professional and et cetera. So, so have you, um, super excited to have you on the show today. Um, so again, as someone who's a loyal listener, I don't have to explain to you what the segments are. Like, you know how that shit goes. Um, but before we go any further, you know I ask you this shit every, probably every other gram, bro. <laughs> how are you taking care of yourself right now, Harry? <laughs> you doing to take care of yourself? Yeah, man, you ask me this question probably weekly at this point. And <laughs> uh, at least, my, at least. Answer, my answer is the same, man. I'm figuring it out. Um, you know, for a lot of folks that may not know, I'm leading a lot of the COVID efforts on our campus. Um, so I, I'm very busy with, with sort of, I have about 60 plus volunteers that I'm sort of overseeing at this point of professional staff members sort of leading the day-to-day COVID response of uh, making sure students are being contacted. So that's been pretty crazy. I'm also in the middle of packing right now, I'm moving on Saturday to Greensboro. So I'm, wow. I'm in the middle of packing. Um, doctoral student like you said but um man i've been i've been really just you know trying to find those little small moments to just be with myself uh you know beer has been been an exciting part of that so i'm always on the ipa way you know looking at what (laughs) what tim is dropping uh, what new beer is dropping um so yeah man i think the biggest thing has been um i think my 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 way of just coping and, and and taking care of myself has really been finding those small pockets, man, to just be with myself for 10, 20, 30 minutes and just, you know, relax for a minute. That's been very, uh, that's been helpful for me, recognizing that that's, right now that's all I got. <laughs> but also letting folks at work know, man, today you, you get 50% of me. Um, if that's not enough, we'll try again tomorrow, you know, <laughs> you know, not, not trying to force, I can't try not to pour from an empty cup, man. So that's been very, uh, that's been very helpful for me uh, as I've been sort of building in the field too, man, learn the power of no, telling people, no, I don't got it on my plate right now to do it. So, 
you know, I, I've been making it, man. I've been making it. No, you've been making it, bro. But I got to make sure you get through this doc program. Um, if not just as whole as when you started, but more whole, right? Like for sure. You, that's that's the goal. A lot of great things destined for you, bro. Like I said, I'm hyped for this convo, man. Travis Overton, I know you're gonna tune in, bro. Uh, so excited for this conversation. Um, but again, you know how it goes, Harry, bro. Segment one, what's your story? And I'm not talking about your LinkedIn profile. We don't want to, we don't care really about your, you know, your resume and shit like that. So Harry, I know you're from Maysville, South Carolina, but what is your story, bro? Talk to us. What's your story? Yeah, man. I, you, as you said, I've been listening to your your podcast since since it started, and I've literally been thinking about this question forever about what yeah. am I gonna say? Because um, I think this question is important, man. I think the power of reflection really helps us look back at our our lives and how, where we are currently, and that allows us to continue to grow, right? And so I've been really reflecting on like what is my story and why am I so passionate about what I'm doing today, but. You mentioned it. I'm a I'm a country boy from Maysville, South Carolina, where really no one knows where that's at. Like, where the hell is Maysville, right? Um, but <laughs> it's a small little town, few thousands of people. Um, you know, it's a low socioeconomic uh, town. Not many people leave Maysville. Um, I can count on my hand of the amount of people I know that went to college. Um, grew up in Maysville. Parents. I'm the youngest of six uh, from my mom and my dad, and then my my dad remarried and had uh, I have a stepsister and a little sister as well from his new marriage. But I'm the youngest of six on my sort of mom's side. Um, first, first gen, only want to go to college. Um, wow. So uh, I remember, and I tell people the story all the time. Eleventh uh, grade is when I decided to go to college. I was at church one Sunday, and this lady was like, "Hey, man, you need to go to college." literally how I how I decided to go to college it was my goal to survive man that was getting a job when I graduated going to the military and figuring it out right but this lady told me I needed to go to college and so um coastal was the only school that I looked up um and I applied to coastal and that's how I got into coastal uh you know so my my story and a lot of people don't know that a lot of people you know when they see me and talk to me now they're like man he must have had a plan nah I got to coastal and ran with it man um but again, you know, I'm a, I'm, I call myself a mentor because there's a lot of people that, you know, I post on Facebook a lot, I post on Instagram a lot because there are a lot of people in my hometown that's, they're looking for me to be the one to, to, to make it. You know what I'm saying? I have nieces and nephews that look at, up to me as well. And so just trying to be an example, man. Um, got to Coastal, uh, got heavily involved my, fresh, my freshman year. I tell you, a lot of things that I got involved with happened out of someone telling me like you look like you would do that first semester of, of uh, undergrad at coastal is when I got introduced to student affairs um, my, my community director my RD at the time Shelly Ivy um, she saw me crossing the dining hall by Hick, well, Hicks dining hall you know mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. about and she was like hey man are you involved I was like nah and she was like you need to run for president of residence hall association so which was equivalent to SGA for housing students and I ran as a first year student, became president of this organization my second week of college. And so my second week in college, I became president of my first organization. Um, stayed in that organization for two years as president, um, moved up to become president of the National Residence Hall Honorary um, at Coastal. Um, had, I had the opportunity to speak at our groundbreaking ceremony of the new and the largest, one of the largest um, construction projects at, at Coastal. So as a sophomore, I got to speak at that. Um, John Alpha, uh, my junior year, 
<laughs> you know, as you mentioned, one of the one of the greatest, if not, I would say the greatest fraternity out there. But you know, I, I know some good some good brothers of Phi Beta Sigma as well. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna leave y'all. I'm gonna let y'all have it. But um, you know, and so Tim, really, that that was my that was my introduction to higher ed, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Got heavily involved. Got to do a lot and a lot. You know, definitely shout out to Travis Overton who became my mentor when I was in college. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I was so involved, but I would get back to my room at night and I would feel so alone and like yeah. depressed, wanted to quit. Um, didn't have a, I didn't have a format or a foundation or a big sister or a big brother I could call back home and be like, how did you navigate this in college or a mom or dad, right? Cause they didn't go. And so I was figuring all these things mm -hmm. out on my own. I having to do my FAFSA myself, all of it, man. College apps, travel myself to, um, orientation, you name it. Um, and so I think all of it has really built me up to be, and that's why I wanted to work in student advocacy um, because it was someone like Travis who reached out to me for three years, like, bro, we need to meet. There's something in you, I don't know what. Um, never reached out. I was like, nah, another black man that's gonna tell me um, he gonna have my back and then boom. But then I finally did yeah. it. And so, yeah. you know, it, it happened. Yeah. And so, and, and I'll, the last thing I'll share is like, when I graduated, I always wanted to, work with uh, what a lot of people call juvenile delinquents. I call it misunderstood youth. Um, so I always wanted to work with misunderstood youth. And so my first job actually was working for the county of Horry County before I even got into higher ed for about 10 months, I worked with uh, diversion programs with um, what I call misunderstood youth doing alcohol education, juvenile diversion programs. So I worked as a, from a, a program through the prosecution's office actually. Um, and then I came back in higher ed and got my master's and now getting a PhD at Elon. Um, I was always told I needed to go to grow. And so I left my, my comfort man at Coastal where I went to undergrad, grad school, worked. And here I am, man, two years at Elon. And it's been, it's been a journey, man. So, you know, when people ask me now, who am I? I'm an educator, I'm a mentor, and I'm an advocate. That's the way I see myself. Um, when you think about the three things that I identify with, it's really an educator, an advocate, and a mentor. No, I appreciate you sharing uh, your story, dog. Uh, at least part of your story, uh, the one you chose to share with us today. Um, and it's funny to me, yo, like a lot of people, like whatever, a lot's relative, fuck it. But like, there's a lot of people who reach out and say like, yo, like the guests on a pod have been dope. Like the guests have really, and I really learned a lot about X. I really learned a lot about Y or Z. And, and to me, I'm like, yo, like these are my homies. Like these people I've yeah. known for like a few <laughs> years, right? Um, but I think this question about like, what's your story to your point is one that, uh, Every time you I learn something new. I'm gonna learn something new um, that either I did not know or learn something new about myself based on what the guest has shared in that moment. Yeah. Um, and so something new that I learned just now, particularly with this, this point about being, you know, you say you're, you're a first gen, you know, college student. Uh, so shout out to all the first gen college students. Uh, also shout out to all the first first gen graduate students as well. That's definitely another transition that Ooh. obviously you and I both know very, very well. Um, but this point about, you know, you, we got involved, because very similar, I got involved a lot. I wasn't president of uh, RHA my first semester at all, by no means. Um, but we got involved a lot, right? To, to find this community, find this belonging on this new, uh, at this new environment, or in this new environment, on this new campus. But yet when we weren't involved, we felt alone, right? And yeah. I ask you even now, obviously in 2020, how do you take care of yourself? But I think even thinking about the pressures that I ex had experienced, uh, even thinking about the pressures I'm sure you experienced, or even the, you know, the downfall, the, um, the tribulations that you, you know, encountered uh, in Conway, South Carolina, like, how did you negotiate that? Like, like yeah. talk to me, how did you, like, how did you like process that? Like, where'd you find help outside of Travis? Like, what did you, yeah. how did you, you manage all that? 
Yeah, man, I think something I didn't mention that I helped sort of segue back into that is, man, basketball is my passion. So I, I played a lot of basketball, um, you know, played varsity basketball in high school, you know, did the whole number, AAU, you know, started three years. You know, I did all, all the things on in basketball, um, which was my outlet um, and where I found Black men that looked like me as my mentor. And so when I went to Coastal, and that part of my identity was taken because I wasn't playing division one basketball that added an additional layer to how I negotiated this, this time at coastal. And so what I did, what wasn't healthy and it sort of really led into my career now is that I just piled more shit on, piled more shit on. I yeah. didn't think about what was happening outside of here. You got nine meetings this day, you got two classes, you need to study. And so I really only had seven, eight hours to really sit in my shit and think about the, the difficulties of what I was facing, right? Whether that was implicit bias, right? Um, racism in Conway, South Carolina, like, you know, like racism, yeah, I mean, it's Confederate yeah. flags yeah. on every block. You feel me? And so like, yeah. I, I really didn't really sit in it, man. I, I, I pushed, I just piled more stuff onto my plate um, and then until that was that point where I had to really sit in and say, oh man, like you, you're not, okay you know and so yeah. what you know what I mean, a lot of us especially as black men are afraid to do is turn to therapy i'm a huge advocate for therapy you know i mean therapy is important i i encourage it all the time my therapist is dope um you know i mean i tell students especially in college that's the last time you're gonna get free therapy shit's expensive um and so you know take advantage of it um but that was really my way of saying i know I don't know you, but I'm getting to know you and I can trust that what I share with you as a therapist is gonna stay here. And so that's really how I negotiated my stay at Coastal. Um, from Coastal on, man, I, I'm a huge advocate of therapy. And that really, and it took me really sitting, processing and recognizing that I really wasn't okay. And what I was really doing was pushing it back in my brain and just piling more um, things to do, right? Piling more, um, organizations to get involved in and that it really wasn't helpful um and so uh that was how I negotiated balancing being in school navigating everything that I navigated was really through through having a, an outlet in, in therapy so you know it, it it's important and it's helpful so, so you've had a therapist since undergrad yeah so I had a therapist in undergrad um graduated um got into the career field found another found another therapist moved up here, found another therapist. Like that's, wow. you know how when people move to, when, especially black men, I'll speak for black men. When for I sure. interview, one of the things I ask is where's the, where's the best barbershop? I'm trying to find the black person at the job who can mm -hmm. tell me black man that can be like, this is where I get my haircut, you know? Yep. But not only that, like one of my, one of my like sort of move and one of the first things I do is look for a therapist in that area. Um, that's, that's one of the first things I do when I move to a new area is is I need to first find a therapist. Like I need to find a therapist before I find the best grocery store, before before I find the best barber. Because I can't be whole personally if I don't have that, that my, if I'm not mentally healthy, I'm not gonna be healthy in any other way. Um, and so I really, I always, that's one of the first things I do when I move to a new area um, is find a therapist. Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm hype, bro. I, I said in the, in the opening, again, talking to black men is, is just therapeutic for me uh, personally and selfishly. Uh, I own that. For sure. Um, but 
this point about therapy, I don't care how long it takes us to get a segment too. We'll get there eventually. Um, it's something we know is extremely important. Um, but for you, especially, I mean, if I can, if I may, you know, obviously as a first gen college student, at some point you either recognize by force or by choice that therapy was something that, that, that therapy was an option, right? Yeah. So like, what was your introduction to therapy like? like how did you even come across that, especially as someone who didn't, who was not familiar with the college? Um, higher education yeah. setting. Yeah, man. I think it was a lot of what I saw around me at Coastal, man. Like, I really didn't know I was poor <laughs> until I went to college. You feel me? Like, I didn't know growing up yeah, yeah, I was no. poor until I went to college. So that was already a, like, whoa. On top of, man, like, just the things my friends got to do. Like, I didn't get to vacation over the summer. I worked, right? I didn't get to go on these, you know, extravagant vacations over a winter holiday. I went back home and worked. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, mm-hmm. but I remember junior year, um, junior year is when I joined, when I joined my fraternity, but right before that is actually when I started seeing a therapist, my junior year of college. Um, and I was, I was, I knew I was ready to take on another organization in my mind. I thought I was ready to add something else right. onto the plate to keep me distracted. Right. Um, and I remember I was taking this class, man. And I had a professor who, Put, called me to their office, white man, called me to his office. Um, he was like, there's a lot there, a lot of potential there, but you're not taking care of yourself. He said, you come to class, and this was before Alpha, before anything. He was like, you're going to burn out way before it's time, and your college is going to be a waste. He said, you're going to graduate, mm-hmm. and you're going to not use anything you've learned because you're going to be done. You're going to be, it's going to be, you're going to be tired. He says, you have too much to provide to society. Um and I, and I, you know, one thing, and I knew this was coming from a good place because I, I searched him on Facebook and I knew this man was really a good person. Uh, and so I knew it was coming from a good space. Yeah. And so I remember, was like, I was like, so what should I do? And he was like, have you ever thought of counseling? Literally. I was like, nah. He was like, give it a shot. And I tried it. And it was literally the best thing that could have happened. Mm. Literally. A it. professor that, yeah. and I've had this professor multiple times. So he knew me. He knew my work yeah. ethic. And so he got to see me sort of, um, progress over time from f- first year to junior year and he he saw something was something was wrong <laughs> and so you know he was like you need to talk to somebody and that was literally one of the best things I could have done yeah I love it 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 and so I'm gonna transition transition as a segment too um, because I think this is a, a prime opportunity to really dive deeper um, into not just therapy uh, not just mental health particularly black male mental health black men mental health um, but really millennial culture, which yeah. I think we're becoming more open, I would say, transparent about therapy, at least yeah. I think a lot of us. Um, and, I, and you may not have listened to the last episode of BY yet, but I told yeah. them like, yo, we can hold ourselves accountable to find a therapist in 2021. Like, that's something I've let slide for the last um, six years at this point. I, I can't I can't let it slide no more. Yeah. I feel that weight. Um, but uh, transitioning us to segment two. Um, and again, this season is entitled More Than Millennial. Um, and yeah. so as we think about just everything in 2020 <laughs> everything in the fucking world right now harry like future dr harry if you will like in your mind yo like in your, in your words your definition what does it mean to be more than a millennial yeah man being a millennial but first shout out to b kirk um a lot of people don't know this i actually went to one of his first ever events in columbia years ago um what? yeah man so shout out to b kirk i actually we actually worked to introduce him to Coastal um, and get him a baby uh-huh. on Coastal and all that. Yep. But yep. shout out to yep. Kirk. But um, 
when I think about, man, what does it mean to be more than a millennial? I think, you know, I tell people all the time, I think we're not one dimensional at all, right? I think, I think we are really the, the ones that are pushing, pushing the needle to really get shit to change um, and really setting up the foundation for the next generation. Because I think we came in a very interesting time. Like as millennials, we are a very interesting group, right? Um, our, our parents are, you know, they seen some shit there's some trauma that they dealt with that they passed back on to us, right? And so now we're trying to fix it, right? We're trying to fix it and we're trying to sort of navigate the trauma that was passed down for, from our parents and really shift that thing, man. But we're not one dimensional and we're not the ones that's gonna sit in a boardroom in a meeting and be quiet. And that's what I love yeah. about millennials, you know? And so a lot of people ask me now, like as an assistant director, like, why am I always with the community directors and all the first year, like <laughs> professionals? I'm like, because I already know when we're in a space, man, those are the folks that I can look at. And I think, I think really millennials are the ones that are really working to make shit right. Especially when I think about yeah. white millennials and thinking about anti-racist yeah. work, thinking about really, calling America what it is, right? Like, I think we as millennials are really pushing that. And so we're beginning to see that shift in our jobs. We're beginning to see more millennials start businesses, man, and, and putting other millennials yeah. on. Um, and so we're just yeah. not one dimensional. Like we might have a nine to five, but we might also have two other businesses on the side, sit on three board of directors for another. Like we make shit happen. And I think that's the one thing I love about millennials. We're not we're not you there's very little motivated millennials that you can find and they're only doing one thing and it's okay if you're doing one thing right but like i you know especially and i thought about you know this whole i really began to um if you must if i must say live in my millennial lifestyle when covid first happened because we were getting dragged we were being yes. they, we were being called the ones that were at the beaches spreading covid I'm like, nah, bro, like, we got jobs, we getting married, we got kids, we running businesses, like, we're not the Yo. ones at the beach on a Tuesday at 10 a.m., you feel me, like, it ain't yeah. us. It, it's not us, and so I really, I really took my sort of millennial um, identity more serious when I started, uh, right when COVID first, first started happening, so I've been already, so since then, I've been thinking about starting a YouTube channel about working millennials, right, yeah. and I'm still working on that, uh, hopefully you can start some next month but like that's something that I've really been interested in really diving more into working millennials and I didn't say educated millennials I didn't say millennials with degrees but I'm talking about strictly working millennials whether you work in a nine to five a 12 to 12 set whatever like I think that people have real I need folks to really differentiate millennials from gen z's and no mm -hmm. shots to Gen Z's at all. I think mm -hmm. y'all are, you know, I, I appreciate y'all for what y'all do. I get to work with y'all all the time. But like <laughs> millennials, I think we are really that. I think we're the ones that really shifting the way we we behave as in in our in the culture, right? Um, and so, yeah, man, like I, I love this whole idea of being a millennial now. Like at one point, I used to shy away from it, like. I love the fact when my students thought I was much older or I used to love the fact that, you know, I wear a tie to work every day. And my students thought I was this, you know, 35 year old married man or whatever, because yeah, I, I yeah. you know, the way I carry myself. But like, that's not one of the first things I tell my students. And you met my students, like they know mm -hmm. Harry is 26 millennial out here getting it 
don't you can't try me because we know millennials we get we we we're hip to all the shit like we know what y'all were thinking we know what our (laughs) parents were thinking and we're trying to you know work to to sort of reduce the trauma that our parents put on us man like we're 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 working to unlearn all that so I, i just love i mean the whole millennial thing just we're we're multifaceted man you know we we do what we do no, literally, I mean, everything you say, like the words out my mouth, dog. Because, um, yeah, I don't know what happened in, I mean, we know what happened in 2020. But really this summer, like this millennial identity, like you said, like it's just something that just like just smacked me. Like, damn, like this whole time I've been running away from something that makes me unique, right? That makes me yes. inimitable. It's my favorite word of all time. Uh, unable to be duplicated, replicated. But like, yeah, like this is me. You're going to get Drake references in, in, in presentation proposals. I don't care. Yeah. You're gonna get, you know what I'm saying? You're gonna get um uh beer references, right? When I'm talking about fundraising or promoting or marketing like that. Yeah, this is bro, like this is this is what you're getting, right? And I think to your point, right? Especially this working millennials, which we'll hopefully dive into, but if not, I'll be sure we'll be sure to promote it, of course, once oh, yeah. it goes live on next month. Um, but being a millennial educator, which I think is, is not just a proud moment, but also a moment of responsibility as well. Yeah, and so as a millennial educator, particularly as a millennial educator, you know, like myself. What's that experience been like for you? Not just at Coastal, but of course at Elon. Yeah, Tim, man, it's been it's been sort of a double-edged sword in a sense, right? From the student perspective, I've seen it one way. From the professional perspective, I've sort of seen it another way, right? Like my students know, like when I pull out of the parking lot on a good sunny day, like sunroof coming up, windows going down, you hear nothing but trap music, tie on. Like I don't care. Like that's what you're gonna get. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. When I'm leaving a parking lot, that's that's me. Yeah. But granted, I can still get out of the car and talk pedagogy. I can still get out of the car and talk whatever you need me to talk. But like when I leave work, because as millennials, we are so vocal and we have to sometimes hold back on what we say. Like that's my moment to release, man. That's my moment to mm-hmm. just release. Um, and so I think from a student perspective, I really think millennials working in higher education in particular, we've been what kept students in college we have provided students with the experience right like you know we're the ones that on the ground daily working and really providing the holistic experience students aren't coming to college anymore just for the name of the school or just for you know the education but they're coming for the holistic experience and i really think it's our creativity our meeting with students after hours our having students in our office feeling comfortable pre-COVID, they don't come in my office now, but, um, you know, like all those things, like we're the, I think we're the reason why students continue to come to college because when you ask students now, it's more than just the education, but it's the holistic college experience. But on the other side, right, we also are dealing with people that's been in the field 20, 30, 40 years who will tell you in a minute, this is the way we always done things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's great, but the way you've always done things doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so I think as millennials, I think we we get the we get the praise and the and we we continue to like sort of we're refueled through the students. But I do think as millennials, we struggle with how administration sometimes operate, right? Because we see the world differently. You know, we see the world differently. And so what I've had to really do is for me personally, is I've been utilizing who I think the most powerful voices on the college campus, which are students to really say, if this is what I'm doing and you appreciate it, you need to lift that up, right? As a student, right? You you wanna be here because of the community directors, the coordinators, if, if that's what keeps you coming back, 
you got to lift that up to administration. And so I think it's been a double-edged sword, right? Because when I'm with students, I'm energized, I'm refueled. When I'm sometimes in meetings, I'm like, damn, why? Um, you know, I'm like, okay, how can we change that? Because that's not, you know what I'm saying? Like printing paper and asking students to check in on a print piece of paper ain't the way anymore. <laughs> so, you know, just like, and that's a small thing, but like it's, it's so many things that kind of builds up, right? And so I think the way I've navigated, man, when I when I feel like my cup is being empty, I, I, I get with students, man, and I understand their why and how I can continue to help them. And that refuels me, man. That that refuels me, and that keeps me coming back. That's a good point. Uh, and I think when you, when you as you were talking, yo, I remember when I first, I think I'm a year or two older than you, I'm 27, some change. But when I started grad school, like it was, a, it was like this conversation, right, about social media. It was like, do you let students follow you on social? If so, like, what social accounts do they follow you on? And I dead ass remember, bro, like, I didn't let my students follow me on Insta. Nah, but they could follow. No, I, I let them follow me on Insta, but not Snapchat. That's what it was. Um, but now, even I started in 16, or what, three years, three and some change years later, I'm like, yo, follow me on Twitter if you want. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm not on Snapchat for real. You can follow my podcast page. You can follow the IPA wave. Yeah. Because to your point, I think there's a lot of learning. Shout out to my uh, professor, Michael Goodman, Dr. Michael Goodman. There's a lot of learning that can occur in non-traditional, right, unconventional environments that we, honestly, we as millennials didn't even know could exist, right? Like a Twitter chat, like hosted one today, like that. That's an, that's an environment of learning. Like someone's yeah. Instagram story, like, you know, reposting different things in the environment of learning. And so in your experience, um, again, whether at, at Coastal or Elon, you know, what are some like, again, I hate to use the word non-traditional, but I guess, what are some more fresh, innovative ideas that you've implemented uh, to really, you know, uh, induce or, you know, incite learning for the students you work with? Yeah, man. So, you know, my, my job is very interesting in student affairs, right? It's a very, uh, can be seen as a very serious job mo most days, right? Because I'm working with students with mental health, Title IX, you know, like, you know, I'm also one of our university's victims advocates on campus as well. And so, mm. um, so I'm working on a lot of sensitive topics, but I think it's the sure. things that I get to do outside of my job description, right? Um, and so that's like, you know, whether that's, you know, I don't mind, again, I'm, I'm like you at this point, you know, like follow me on my social media. Yeah, you might see me at a happy hour on a Friday on my story. That's the world of, that's networking. Like that is networking with colleagues in the field. You know what I'm saying? That's me uh, showing you balance between working and then having a good time. And so I don't care, like follow me. But I think one of the but things I've done- It's man, also human, right? Yeah, it's human too, right? It's also so, human too. I never understood this whole idea in student affairs, like, oh, I don't let my students follow me. I don't need them to see that. Like, what are, you know, I bring my authentic self to work every day. And part of that is sure. my students being able to know who I am, you know? So I think some of the things I've really tried to do in outside of my job is really show up to event, you know, like, but like when, if I'm going to an afternoon event, like I'm not going in a shirt and tie, like I'm going home or I'm bringing some clothes. I'm about to be in a fresh pair of, of kicks or some jeans. I'm about <laughs> to be in a t-shirt. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Like you about to catch me looking like you. Like, and that is yeah, one of the ways, yeah. that's a non-traditional thing that I've done. Like, I don't want my name tag yeah. on. Like, I want to, I want you to feel like you could have a good time around me, right? And so like, it's nothing for me to go home throwing a fresh, a fresh pair of shoes, some 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 ripped jeans, a t-shirt, mm -hmm. and go back to work. 
and be like, what's up? Like, what's your event tonight? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah. So I think in addition to that, like just being around um, and I think non-traditional using social media, like I think that's such a, a big thing. And so it's nothing for one of my students to post something and for me to DM them and be like, oh, I know what that is. Or like, you know, oh, that's that. Like, I, I never understood this whole, this, us like, cause most nine times out of 10, especially when you're right out of grad school, like these students are like three years younger than you. Like what's your, who Yo. you, you know what I'm saying? So I've just been like, man, like this is who I am. You see, you know, I mean, it is what it is. And I think it shows them it, what I've also noticed, and I, I hear this from students a lot too, like students that follow me on my social media, it inspires them to go harder because they want that same or something similar to that lifestyle eventually, right? Like, and so they're like, damn, like you get to go hang out, do that. You get to, you know, y'all got a whole meetup y'all do. Like you get to go happy hour with all these like people working and grinding. I'm like, yeah, like graduate, you get to do this too. So that gives them another mm -hmm. push, man. And so I, I've never understood the whole hiding, follow me. Do it. I don't care. <laughs> you know, like that's that's about it. So that's no, I'm, so, I'm yeah. laughing. No, <laughs> no, I'm laughing because um, when I first started at Maryland, yo, and I was going through people's social, like whatever they come to, come to meet with me, whatever. Uh, I'm like, yo, like, do you ever think about like what you tweeting? Like, do you have like a set of guidelines or rules or like you know govern like what you actually retweet or retweet or actually decide to tweet? And of course, the answer was no. So I'm talking about, I said, check this out, yo. Follow, follow, you know, Timothy F. Bryson, whatever. Cool. Anything you see that's, you know, quote unquote inappropriate or something that you don't want on your social, just DM it to me. We can laugh about it. That's what I do with my friends. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's what we do anyway. Right, um, right. And so I think you're right. You're exactly right. I mean, we're, we're modeling the way in a way that has not been taught to us because, again, no one has really, not take it back, Gen X has not pushed the edge. The boomers don't know how to use social media. To be able to educate and explain, like, yo, like this is what this can, this this is what this platform can be, right? Yeah. Um, and in your role, especially whether it's social media, whether it's going to events, you know, dress down, if you will. Um, it's a way to you know engage and connect with students in a way that's you know in a manner that's um that's not that's not normal, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. but especially right now, 2020, we hear the bullshit like it's an unprecedented time. <laughs> we hear, you know, the social unrest. <laughs> we we hear we you know, we hear the common. <laughs> Uh, you know, bullshit vocabulary. Um, but, you know, given the election, the general election, you know, less than a week away at this point, how are you not just, not even taking care of yourself, but how are you taking taking care of yourself, number one? And I guess 1A, 1B, supporting the students at the same time. Like, what does that look like for you, especially in your unique role at Elon? Yeah, man. Um, if you follow me on social media, especially Facebook, you know, like the last few weeks, it's been nothing but, about politics, right? And I actually had someone yep. reach out yep. to me and uh, uh, someone that works in the field and they were like, oh my gosh, like, you're not scared to be like posting so, uh, uh, like like your, your, your posts are just so targeted. I'm like, hell no. And I was like, this is my thing. <laughs> if someone decides they don't wanna hire me at their institution based on my political views, I don't wanna work there anyway. Like that, that's my thing, like yeah. I don't wanna work there. Um, and so mm -hmm. if my political views and my post, because I truly think silence is this way go around is truly violence. Like I, I really think that's that that's the thing. And I also, again, my post, I also post a lot because a lot of folks in my hometown does not have access to the things I have access to. And so how do I make sure they're getting 
the information as well, right? And so my post is not just for me, but my posts are for folks who are in my hometown who may not understand the political world and whatever it is. And so, you know, if, if you don't want to hire me because of my posts and I'm voting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, don't, 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 don't hire me, right? Um, and so, but I will say, it's been really interesting, man, sort of going into this uh, election term because Elon is a school, it's very uh, politically like sort of out there. Like our students are very vocal politically. Um, and so it's been a very interesting time on our campus sort of watching our students um, sort of express their thoughts and their feelings. And, and I'm talking about whether it's a Republican or Democrat, um, you know, don't have, you know, independent, like our students are very vocal. And so I think one of the things that I've been doing is thinking about what does this mean for, what does violence look like after this election, man? Um, for, for students who hold systemically non-dominant identities, right? Whether that's uh, part of the LGBTQIA community, black students, brown students, DACA students, what does violence look like after this election regardless? Regardless of whether or not Donald Trump wins, regardless of whether or not Joe Biden wins, there will be, we will see bias, hate speech. We're going to see it. And so how do I ensure that my space and my office is open, readily available to support students? And so one of the things I've really done, man, is I've blocked off time on my calendar the day after the election. Because at first I was like, I can't go to work, man. Like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be able to do it. Like, I'm going to need that day. But I have time on my calendar and students that I've interacted with and know me, like I've sent emails to them and saying, look, if you need me, these are the times I'm free. Let's meet for coffee. Let's meet somewhere. Like, send me a text, send me a call and we can meet and we can, it could just be you and I and we can talk about what you're feeling, what you need. And so my goal is not to have regular meetings that day. It's really to be available and open to my students um that day um but also elon is doing a lot of great things to ensure that support is readily available the day after the election like they sent stuff out saying like we know this election is going to cause whatever and so here what we can do um and some of the things i really believe that they're going to really work to do but i think for me personally man it's also we have a black employee resource group at, at elon as well and so really making sure that I'm with my people that day, it's gonna be super important because I already know I'm gonna have zero tolerance for anything, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. whether Joe Biden wins or not, right? Because we're gonna see so much hate speech. And so um, I've really been just working to let my students know like I'm here, I'm available, let me know what you need. Um, and for myself really working to make sure I'm around my people um, that, that day. I mean, you know, it's, it, I thought about taking a day off, but I, I decided to, I decided to work. Man, I, I might, yeah, I might. I don't know if I take that week off, that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I know at my friend Ashley, our friend Ashley, at this point, uh, she's taking that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I don't know if I want to take the next week off, but yeah, um, definitely commend you for what you're doing. Um, before before I go any further, you've been smart as fuck for a minute, but systemically non-dominant identities, my man. Yeah, you you really featured Dr. Titus. I, I love it. I, I like that. I like how you said that. Not, not marginalized, not, not historically well, oppressed, think, but systemic. I just think like, the whole, like minority and even sometimes oh, I marginalized, like I think that's, that work sometimes has such a negative sort of connotation to it. So um, actually shout out to Dr. Franklin Ellis, who used to work at Coastal 
is actually where I first talked, heard that word from. And we had a long conversation about that word. And, you know, so shout out to him, man. Shout out to Dr. Ellis. Um, That's why I kind of, I heard, I started, I I got introduced to the word and really started to dive into what that really meant. And I think that really allows us to still have power for who we are, but also recognize our past. You know what I'm saying? So. No, 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 no. that 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 was new to me. Like you're teaching me. This is a learning space. This is a learning environment for me, right? So no, nah, I appreciate that. But I'm also glad that, um, in particular, Elon is is looking at post election, because this is something that I've talked about. Um, we talked about it last night in our you know our dot call, our black dot call, um, but in other spaces as well. Is that you know every every institution, everyone's doing a fucking voter registration drive, right? Like 100 registered. Okay, cool, great. Number one, are they going to vote? <laughs> number two, right. are they going to vote for the person we need to, to be in office? That's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And number True. three, what happens on November 4th? November 4th, that's, that's honestly, if we want to keep it a buck, that's that's probably more important than the third. And it, well, because I, yeah, we I think even, yeah, man, even more important, what happens the night of November 3rd? So I think True. that's what we really True. start. I think it starts the night of November 3rd when our students are having these watch parties, they're getting wasted and a little alcohol allows them to think that they can say and do whatever they want and and, you know spew racism and so i think that's where it starts man how do we ensure that students who any student whose identities have been uh, argued in court recently (laughs) um any student whether that's about your who you can marry uh what you can do with your body yeah. Um, whether or not you belong here, right? Whatever. If your if your identities have been argued in court, and everyone's identity has been argued in court except white men, yeah. And yeah. so, yeah. if your identities have been argued in court, I think the night of November third is when shit will start. True. You know what I'm saying? True. Like that's when True. colleges need to really begin to think about what are we doing the night of November third. What do we have in place for that night? Cause that's really when she, that's when that's when things are gonna happen. So no, I appreciate that perspective, honestly, honestly, that because yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not scared uh, for anything, but I'm definitely right. concerned with what's going to happen next, especially given that most of these schools are, are uh, calling it quits at least on in person classes after things the Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I mean, we can talk about that shit forever. Yeah, um, I'm definitely glad that you, you know, that you. No, but but for real though, I mean, I think that's part of not just you know our you know our educator roles, but it's millennial piece as well. Is that you know as you as you mentioned earlier, as I shared as well, like we're all doing a lot of doing a lot of different things, right? Um, and it's easy to be microaggress or macroaggress at work if you're only going to work and going home. Mm-hmm. But because we're so you know we're tapped into these different different groups, different organizations, like that could be something that's legit on you know that's ongoing. And for people yeah. that not find their identity in these groups, but definitely find, you know, belonging, find purpose, find meaning um, in yeah. these um, organizations outside of work. Like that can be, that can be tough shit post-election. Like, where do you, where do you go for support? Therapists are cool, but like that, that I would argue that that can't be the only place, right? It can't be the only place. You know what I'm saying? So like, like what, like what happens? And so, I mean, even, I'll put it back on you if I, if I can, like what, like, what are you thinking? You know, obviously outside of supporting your students, outside of, you know, um, you know, connecting with the black, employee resource resource organization at Elon, like, how are you, I guess, well, are you mentally preparing for the night of the third? Are you mentally preparing yeah. for the fourth, fifth, or sixth? Like, what does it look like for you right now? Yeah, man, I think for me, I'm still in this place of 
why do I have to think about my safety at the end of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still trying to like battle with that piece of it. And so right. I'm, I'm doing my best to mentally prepare, but I don't think that there's really anything we can, the hard, the, the difficult part is this, is that there's really not much we can do to truly prepare for that. Like no one's ever, no one's never prepared for hate speech or no one's never, you know, we're never prepared to hear, someone call us out of our name or use racist terms. Like, that's just not something we're prepared for. Um, but I think one of the sure, things sure, I've, sure. yeah, you know, I think one of the things I've really been doing for myself, you know, is recognizing that like the election is part of it. You know what I'm saying? But like, how do I continue to make sure my circle and the people that I surround mm-hmm. myself around, we're doing our part and we're, you know, we're holding each other. You know what I'm saying? Because I think the worst thing you can do is go into this thing alone. You know what I'm saying? So make sure, sure you have yeah, your people. Yeah. Um, and so really like having conversations with my people and saying like, all right, like how do we make sure we're good? You know? Um, and so that's been very helpful to know that I can sort of escape reality for an hour or two and be with my people. Um, and so that's really been my thing, man. Just trying to figure that part out. I think, like you said, it's going to be, it's going to be crazy regardless. Um, you know, my first election ever was Barack Obama. I was a first year student in college, yeah. 2012, um, when I got to vote for Barack Obama. And so I remember, so I understand. And we thought that was one of the most important elections, in the, mm-hmm. you know, we've mm-hmm. ever seen. But damn, we're in a place now, like, it's, yeah. it's real. So, you know. No, that's a good point, Harry. And I'm going to transition to segment three. And I'm going to do so yeah. using your own words and that, um, right? Like, it's, not, it's it's impossible for us to think that we can go through this alone. And again, as you already know, segment three um, is really centered on how I, you know, how, you know, how Tim can best support you, but also how our listening community, you know, the Walk With TAB community can best support you as well. Yeah. And I know we've had conversations in the DM, text, whatever, the group me. Our, Zoom, our monthly Zoom call about, you know, what you need, what you need for support. But I'm going to challenge you right now, bro, right? I don't want you to bullshit me or anyone else listening to this podcast. <laughs> I'm so Harry, like, truly, how can I best support you? But how can anyone listening to this pod right now best support you, um, your vision, your purpose, your mission uh, on this third? Yeah, man, I appreciate that question. I think that's a, that's a very important question. Um, I think one of the main things is, continuing to hold me accountable like I'm a I, I you know if, if, if anyone has played sports especially I think like you understand accountability in a sense where it, we're gonna fail we're gonna lose we're gonna we're gonna mess up but at the end of the day we're still a team and you still have your people and so like calling me out when you see me slacking like if you like you know if it's like here you said that YouTube is gonna be up next month is it's January like what you doing um, you know, so I, I believe in honest, I hate, you know, another word I really hate when people like, we're going to start calling you in. Like, what is that? What does that even mean? Like, call me out. Like, I want you to call me out. Like, call me out um, and hold me accountable for what I, what I said I was going to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think I, you know, you know, I, Issa Rae said it one time long ago um, in something she was talking, she talked about um, networking across and not always up. And so I find I find my motivation in people around my age who's in the same fight as me. And so continuing to like 
push like it pushes me that you have this podcast that you know you're doing your thing like we got this black dog group like that's where my motivation comes from my motivation doesn't come from vice presidents and presidency like that's not where I find motivation like mm. I believe in networking mm. across and then pulling people up with me as I climb the ladder and so like continuing to push me continuing to you know call me out um you know, when I start this YouTube channel that I've been saying since February, um, <laughs> really like, you know, not on like supporting, you know, one of the things that I also did during this pandemic is like, I made a conscious effort to twice a month to support a black business. And so twice Good. a month, I buy something from a black business. And so Good. I'm not asking you to buy anything. I'm just going to ask you to view it, subscribe, you know, look out for your boy. Um, and so, you know, really like, I think support, uh, you know, support me, call me out, hold me accountable, support accountability and motivate, man. I think those are the three things not only you can do for me, but also the viewers of this podcast, support me, motivate me, you know, follow me on my social media, call me out. If I'm supposed to be doing something, be like, you the dude I was on walk with TFB. You said you were going to have this. Where's that? Like, I want y'all mm -hmm. to call me out, support me, motivate me. And I'm going to do the same. I think if anyone consider me a friend or someone a part of their circle, like I will call you out. I will hold you accountable. I will support you. You know, I'll motivate you on whatever I'm doing. And so I think those are really the things that I need, especially where we are now, man. I think I need that. We all need that. I think more than ever now, man, because it seems like everything that's happening in 2020 disproportionately affects black and brown people. Like literally everything that almost has happened in 2020 has had a larger impact on black and brown people from COVID to, mm -hmm. I know people are saying socially unrest, this shit's been happening forever. Um, but exactly. like, you know what I'm saying? But like, it's really showing and showcasing the impact it has on black and brown people now. And so like everything 2020 has thrown at us, it's disproportionately affected us more than anyone else. And so I think we all need the love and support and accountability more than ever right now. No, that's honest. And I, thank you for diving deep or at least digging deeper uh, to that response. But again, support, accountability, motivation. Like, you know, uh, most importantly, um, I, I'm going to do that for you, bro. Like, I've been doing it for a, a couple months, at least a few months, probably a couple years, I feel like at this point. Um, definitely am grateful for Travis again. Um, and Travis oh, yeah. is going to pod. I already told him. He's definitely going to be on the pod at some point. But um, Travis got to be on the pod, man. For bringing me down to do my intern. Bro, he too, bro. He's that's a dope dude. He's a dope dude. But I'm thankful that he brought me down to Coastal to do an internship that summer because, again, we wouldn't have been as um, at least coastally connected as we are now, um, which again, yeah. I'm super internally grateful for as well. Um, but Harry, man, um, before we close, I want to give you the final word to say whatever you need to say or what, at least you want to say. just want to tell you, bro, I'm proud of you, bro. Like, I appreciate this, that, this shit's man. not easy working full time and going to your doc <laughs> program. This shit is not easy at all, man. At it's not all, easy bro. at all. So I'm nah. proud of what, proud of what you're doing, man. I'm definitely, I'll, I might send you some, uh, some, some Ohio beer, as I leave. I need uh, it, man. Of Ohio, but yeah, yeah, I don't know if you're ready for this beer, but it's some good. I need beer, it, man. But, listen, um, listen, I'm, my, my, my stash is getting a little low, so I gotta, um, we got a few bottle shops in the area that I've been really using to buy, buy from. Um, uh, but yeah, man, send me some, man. I might, I might, I might, I'm trying to be down there soon. So I might, I might, I might put it in the car, bro, and bring it to you. Let me know. Yeah, but, Let me know. 
before we close, bro, like, want to give you the final word, man. What's on, what's on your mind? Any any last words, final words, piece of advice, wisdom? What, what's going on? Talk to us. Yeah, man. I, I went, Tim, I appreciate you for uh, inviting me onto the, uh, the podcast to walk with you, man. I think this is, I was, I was looking forward to this day. Um, and so I appreciate yeah. it. Um, but again, I want to first say, like, shout out to, you know, you've mentioned his name a few times. But yeah, definitely shout out to Travis Overton, who has been a mentor for, so many black men, especially like students that came through coastal, but also like black men in higher ed, like Travis's, you know, trajectory has been just crazy. You know, that's like one you don't see often. Um, so shout out to Travis, but I, I mean, I think one thing I definitely want to say, man, if you haven't voted yet, like vote, um, voting is important. By the time y'all see this, I know that, you know, the election would have happened, um, you know, we'll be at the election. And if you haven't voted, we all want to hear you complaining. Um, and, but, you know, I think moving forward, man, I think we got to continue to hold each other accountable. Uh, we got to continue to support each other. Follow me on my social media, Harry Titus underscore on Instagram, um, Harry Titus on Facebook, trying to get back into Twitter. Um, so it's underscore Harry Titus on Twitter. It's pretty simple on all of my social media, but um I think the thing I'll say, man, as you are continuing, as all of us are continuing to sort of progress in whatever our fields are, our interests, make sure we're taking care of ourselves. Um, again, I'm a true, true advocate of therapy. Um, and I always tell people therapy is like uh, finding the, the right pair of shoes for the outfit. You may try mm -hmm. on one pair, it, is not, it may not look too good. So you gotta keep trying on a few more pairs until you find the best fit, um, best pair of shoes for that fit. And so, don't get discouraged when, you know, when you're, when you're working to receive help and support. Um, and at the end of the day, man, know that you've got people that you may never talk to often, but understand your walk and they're willing to provide you that support in a listening ear. Um, I think that's always important, man. If you see someone that look like you, I can guarantee you there's something that y'all can connect on um, to build some type of connection and support. So um, y'all be, be blessed, be black, be great. If you're black, if you're not black, support black people, um, do all the things, man. And again, Tim, I appreciate you for inviting me on. Hey, invitation's always there. I told you it's gonna come uh, sooner than later, bro. And I think again, uh, now is the right time. Uh, not oh, just yeah. now on the 27th of October, but now when this podcast, this episode drops, I'm on election day, November 3rd. Um, but again, Harry, super proud of you, bro. Uh, we'll, we'll forever be connected. Oh yeah, be future always, Harry Titus. In a Always. grip, bro. Maybe running running somebody's student affairs division, university president. Hey, just, just save see. a spot for me on the on the on the team, man. Just save a spot. Hey, man. For me, bro. I'm just trying to be your chief of staff. I've always told you that. Just, <laughs> just hire me. Hire me when you need a chief of staff or an executive assistant. Just pay me well. And I'll, hey, I'll bro. Chill out. Chill out. Chill out. <laughs> man. Chill out. Nah, but again, happy I got you on, man. Like I said before, you're the last alpha I'll probably have on till 2022. Uh, sorry, Alex Grant. Uh, sorry, in the alpha, I promise I'll be on the podcast, but it's too many of y'all on my podcast and no sigmas yet. Um, but nevertheless, again, Harry, thank you so much. For everyone else, uh, please make sure you subscribe uh, both on Apple um, as well as Spotify podcast, um, as well as following us on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we'll also have a LinkedIn page, Walk with TFB LLC. Um, again, super thankful for all the support, the community support, the community work that has led to community success over the last several months. Um, but otherwise, we look forward to having more unfiltered conversation with authentic millennial people centered on education, sport, and culture moving forward. Um, but as always, until then, walk with me.